Let's restart. Ha, let's get it. Hello, and welcome to the Get Through Podcast, the podcast where we're going to get through it. And today, we have a very special guest, Kyle Chaffee and Keaton Nichols. How's it going, everyone? Hey, Kyle. How's it going? So, everyone knows Keaton at this point, whatever. Not a big deal, just a co-host. But Kyle, who are you? (laughs) How do we know you? And who are you? What do you do? So, I'm Kyle Chaffee. I uh, I went to high school with these boys. <laughs> and now, I'm just, you know, doing my own thing. I'm a real estate agent. I work out of the Lake Sunapee region. But I actually work all across New Hampshire. I run a couple of various businesses here and there. But, uh, yeah. What's your biggest passion? Um... Probably marketing and sales. Work-wise, my biggest passion is is marketing and sales. So, working with people, I think yeah, is a big thing. And under, understanding people. You're social, which is what's needed, especially in this day of age of the social media empires building all around us, you know? Yeah. I'm going to fire off some questions. Fuck it. Let's get into it. All right. Um, Kyle. We talk about success and on this podcast, and we all have our, our different definitions of success and what success means to us. Uh, me and Keen have slightly different ideas of what success means. So, tell us what success means to you and how you would achieve success. I think success is never really reaching the end point. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. I don't think that's what life is about. I think it's always trying to achieve something. And yeah, you can make it and consider that a, a success. But is that a long-term success? I mean, if you set a goal 10 years out and you make your goal, I mean, are you successful or do you have a goal after that? Like, what do you do after that, you know? So you're all so, about building and building and building continue just yeah. going on that path. Yeah. I think if you're never trying to, you know, reach another success after another so I guess it's a thing. I believe in success and, you know, I just think success is setting a goal, accomplishing it. And, you know, past that, you just set another goal and you just keep on going till the, <laughs> till the day you die, you know? Yeah, I get that. I get that. We have, uh, we talked about, we talked about this once on the podcast. Uh, Andrew and I both had uh, discipline. Hell Yeah. We kind of had like a disagreement uh, with this question. Uh, we kind of <laughs> we, we kind of went uh, two separate routes. Yeah, two separate routes. Um, what do you think uh, is more important, uh, discipline or motivation? I think I, I'll explain it because I've I've Thank been you. in a situation with both things, and it's like, I mean, you can sit on your ass all day and be playing Xbox or you can, you know, be drinking, you can still be motivated. I've been motivated my entire life, but that doesn't mean I've been at points where I wasn't doing shit, you know, like I, I could, I could be out at a party and be like, damn, I need to be rich. Like that's my motivation. Like, but you need to be disciplined to actually like get there, you know? So it, it takes motivation to be disciplined for sure. So it's kind of like a question, like what comes first? That's what I was saying. So, wait, wait. So, you think motivation comes first and then discipline? No, he said discipline, but you need both at the same time as well. 
Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a hard thing to do. Like I don't know if the chicken or the egg came first, and I don't know if discipline or motivation. Wait, I, I I heard come out of your mouth, and if if we rewind this, uh, you said motivation before discipline, right? Nope, that's definitely not what he said. He literally said. So, what's your definition of discipline then? I think discipline is just um, number one, being self aware of what you're bad at, what you're good at. And then kind of narrowing in on both of those things and, you know, setting obviously the bad things out when you need to, you know, I mean, depending on, on a scale of how bad it is, obviously you don't want, like, you don't want like shit activities, like completely destroying you. But, you know, if it's like yeah. you're taking a break here and there, you're enjoying life and that's technically not disciplining yourself. I mean, that's fine, but there needs to be a, a fair balance and you don't want to like discipline yourself too much. I think everybody varies on how far they can push themselves and, and drive themselves. And I've, I've, you know, I've put myself at a point where I had no discipline at all. I was just doing whatever the hell I, I was like practically a robot. I, I was a drone. And then there was other points where I was just like locked up, you know, working 24 seven. So mm-hmm. I've been in both areas and it's hard to find a balance. I still haven't even found a balance. It's something I work on every day. So I think discipline's just kind of Bad. training yourself to stay away from stay away from like negative things things that don't push you further so like building the small habits to make you grow and grow as a person yeah habits are extremely important i think to build them yeah you need discipline so you said you wanted to be rich like that was one of your big motivations yeah what does rich mean to you because once again we all have different yeah (laughs) gonna make make the chat all mad and shit but you know Whoever says, you know, being rich or, you know, money doesn't bring you happiness is broke. Let's go. <laughs> for real. For real. Because <laughs> um, money brings so much opportunities, too. Yeah. I think I, I don't think it's necessarily true. The actual, like, object and the, like, value of money isn't going to or the material of money isn't going to bring you happiness. But it can bring you a lot closer to achieving happiness because it sets you on a higher platform. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I like that. I think so. So your question, um, what being rich means is, you know, obviously, I don't want to say being happy because that's not true. Like, like being rich is just having a lot of money, <laughs> which can make me happy. But I, I think wealthy and rich are two different things. That's our first podcast is the difference between rich and wealthy. Yeah. Because um, for me, wealth is not having to worry about money, not having to worry about if I have to work or anything like that. Yeah. I think um, wealth is just a point of contentment. Hell yeah. But even then, it's like you're not satisfied. Like once I have the amount of money I want for what I consider wealthy, I'm not going to be satisfied. I still want to build, build, build. And I know Keaton does too. Yeah. At some point where I become like very wealthy, I, um, I won't really – I mean I'll try to build up a point where I won't have to worry about money and then pass that. I worry about the wealth and things like, you know – family friends relationships um helping others that kind of building that legacy yeah but you're never gonna get there unless you you know build money like money puts you on a different platform again with like anything if you want to be happy that's why i've been investing that's literally why i've been investing in both my 401ks my roth ira and my two different brokers accounts you know yeah it's just bringing you closer yeah i'm gonna realistically i'll be probably at least a millionaire by the time i 
quote unquote retire fully, you know, um, which is so, so like awe inspiring to say, because I don't think I would have ever gotten there unless I, I found like minded people like you and uh, Kian and like talk to them or, or listen to them and see what they're doing, you know? Yeah. I'm never going to retire. You say that, but retirement's a state of mind. I know. And my state of mind, I, I don't know. Me personally, I, I just, I don't feel the... Well, what do you consider to... retirement? Because, like, I have, like, a point of, like, like I'm trying to retire at, like, 35. Like... Oh, that, that, I'm hitting 30, when I hit 30 years old, I'm going to retire. So, there's an actual mathematical equation to tell you how much money you need to retire at your current expense ratio. And Andre Jink, Jik, uh, the the YouTuber, he's like, you need 25% of your expenditures and then you can retire and be financial sta- fi- financially stable with the whole fire movement and everything. So for me, I would need $600,000 to retire, quote unquote, and still be fine for the rest of my life. That's not bad. No, it's, it's super attainable at this point. Like I will reach it by 30 years old. But like I'm not going to retire. I want to build everything still. Yeah. I think that's the whole point. Like like I could, like I said I want to retire at 35, but that doesn't mean I want to stop building. Yeah, you're not going to I don't think people like us with our our mindset of I wouldn't say entre- I I guess it's entrepreneurship, but like we're built different like uh, <laughs> um we're a different breed. Like, <laughs> even if we got that money and we don't have to work, we're still going to put in the work. We're still going to be doing something at least every day to either build wealth, um, invest in ourselves, or help other people. Yeah. That's facts. That's very true. So, like, past, past my point of retirement, if I want to, you know, retire by, like, 35, and when I mean retire, I mean, like, I probably want to stop aggressively working at like, you know, between like 28 and 30, but like, I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll just like aggressively work until that point until, you know, I have the money where I can just have passive income coming in and supplying any other business ideas that I have. And then like, that's like, I'll, I'll keep working as in like building companies, but like, you know, I always try to automate everything that I'm doing. I want to get into like shit, like, when I'm older, I want to get into shit about, like, where I have money coming in and I can learn about cool shit like neuroscience and and psychology and shit. I want to get into uh, psychedelic, that, yeah. psychedelic therapy. I'm really into that. I think that's just cool. Hey, I got a question for yeah, both yeah. you guys, for people who are listening. What do you think a blind person sees if they took like a couple tabs of acid dude i've read about this shit because you know everybody always says like what is a blind person like does a blind person dream like what do they dream about you know right and i had the answer (laughs) (laughs) because i it's not like i haven't looked into it like i think everybody at one point in their life has to be like like you're you can't be normal if you're just like living an entire life without thinking like what does a blind person dream about but that thought never crosses your mind. You're you're doing something wrong. Well, I guess also, I'm built different then because I've never thought of this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like seriously, like you know, you you trip acid or something or shrooms, and like 
your mind goes into a whole different world and you know everything around you is different yeah old, for dude. a blind person what, what you just turn into like daredevil or something or like you know or like I mean? a blind person takes dmt bro if dude they gotta try that holy shit bro. oh fuck maybe <laughs> maybe they'll fucking see 2020 vision man dude if they'd probably see some shit bro that'd be crazy <laughs> they gotta do this man yeah, let's just become scientists. Fuck everything else. <laughs> so no, that's the sector of K2. That's the sector of K2 Industries. And we'll become scientists. Yeah, we're in the conquered patch. You know, self-proclaimed <laughs> scientists. You know, giving people, blind people DMT. That's a so one thing. of us just become, like, a mayor or something, and then we can do whatever the fuck we want to do. That's not how that works, Keith. <laughs> you literally have no concept of law and what to do. All right, become, become the governor. Fuck that. That still doesn't mean shit. There's still regulations out there, bro. I'm my, I'm my own party. Joe Rogan, so he's got so much finesse when he talks about it on his podcast that also Joe Rogan can't, can't get canceled. So like they, they, yeah. they're tra- they were trying for a while, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, you can't cancel JRE. He so, works his way around all, all the politics really well. It's because he just like shits on everyone, but he also like finds the good, finds the good things that they do as well. He stays very uh, neutral. Well, he's like, I don't, I don't know which way he. I, I have an idea of which way he leans, but like he plays that game of game of which way am I leaning today? Am I far left or am I far right? You know. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. So you talked about building your businesses and stuff like that. Are you also investing, or? Yeah. Yeah, so I invest in stocks. I swing trade right now. Cause so can you explain to our viewers out there that don't know what swing trading trading is? Because, like, for me, I understand what that is, but there are a thousand people out there that don't. Yeah, so swing trading, what I do, I want to explain how the stocks work and, like, you know, buying, selling stocks, you know, the whole thing, but swing trading is I'm pretty much buying a stock at a uh, smaller amount. You know, I'll probably it's usually between the ones and tens. Sometimes I'll bring it up to like ten to twenties, but that's rarely. And I'll just you know say the stock is two dollars, and I buy five hundred shares of it. So I buy it for you know a thousand dollars. I buy five hundred shares, thousand dollars, and I expect that stock. You know, I usually invest in biotech companies because they do a lot of testing on on different medicines and biotech and shit like that so like i'll pretty much play the news which i'll wait until they have a you know a phase like a trial of their phase that they're Mm -hmm. on and say it's like a phase three of a um like sars covid like vaccine type type of then you know, if I predict it'll go up to, or if I read the chart, it, I think it'll maybe hit four by the end of the week or in two weeks from $2 to $4, then I'll buy in that 500 shares and then sell out at $4 or like three fifty, whatever, and make mm-hmm. like 75% gain to 100% gain, whatever. For a lot of people, including myself, I like to play the stock market safe. I'm only 21 years old. Not the smartest decision because I'm not building that growth. Are you, do you have any like safe routes too or no? Like safer routes? Yeah. It's not a dangerous move, but he's talking about like, he's talking about like dividends and all that. Yeah. Cause I'm I'm more of, I'm a thousand percent a dividend investor and that's where I know I'm going to build all my wealth. 
Yeah, so I, I like dividends. Um, the, the problem with dividends is just a lot of the stocks are a lot of money. So to get like a reasonable return on them um, of dividends paying you back annually or quarterly or whatever it is, um, then you need to throw in a lot of money. And it's like for me to throw in – how much is AT&T at right now? You said you bought it. It's at, it's at $28 right now. Okay, it's actually not even that bad. But. And it's a 7 point something return and it's it was this quarter or this quarter it was 52 cents a share i got 66 cents back but i always reinvest my dividends until i can pay off all my bills and then i'll stop reinvesting yeah yeah so like for something like that if i wanted to throw in that and you know that's a slow gain on it and granted i'm making i'm getting paid dividends too i'd rather just like every week or two get like 175% return on a stock rather than do that. But I do invest in stocks that are more of a long-term hold. I probably have like three different holds right now between like EVs to uh, tech companies. So, but for me, the the risk is so, the risk is too much for me to want to do that yet, at least right now. So like, I buy in, like I spent $150, or I didn't spend, I invested $150 today in dividend stocks to raise my dividend yield another 20 to 30% as is. So monthly, I'll be getting another $8, which is small right now, but I also take into account the compounding interest on the month and on the quarterly basis too, so. Yeah, I'm just a degenerate, so (laughs) I'm willing to take a risk. I'm just trying to grow the portfolio and I'm messing around, you know, if I lose, you know, like I told you guys the other day, I was like, I was down 2000 <laughs> yeah. for the day. So like about, I mean, that's going back up. I've, I've made my money back, but. And I understand the short term term losses will turn long term gains, but like, fuck, I don't think I could ever. 100,000 in my portfolio. I'll play that game a little bit. But right now, I'm keeping it super simple so that it's super safe. Yeah. I think I think, I think you need to take some I risk. You need to take some risk. I'm trying. I, I, I've opened <laughs> myself up to more risk. So that I'm, I'm, I'm investing about $600 a month right now into the stock market yep. on uh, individual stocks. So I'm trying to play around with like Fifty dollars and throw that into more speculative, speculative uh, stocks. So I'm trying to throw more risk in there for myself to have more of a growth portfolio too, instead of just a safe dividend, safety yield. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Kyle, what do you run, uh, Kyle? What like do you Robin run? Hood, Weevil. Like Robinhood, Weevil. Yeah. What's your platform or Coinbase, platforms? Coinbase. So it depends. I mean, I use TD Ameritrade. Okay. But okay, I'll use Thinkorswim. With it depends on how hard I'm going on a certain day. Um, if I'm going real hard, I'll use Thinkorswim on my desktop and I'll set it up so I look like a pattern day trader. But that's why I saw the other day on your Instagram. I was like, hmm, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, all the meme stocks were going up and we were like, <laughs> like mad cash, like by the minute. Like, me and my uh, partner were just you know sitting in the office all day. We got like no work done besides stocks. I mean, we made like 1300 in one day so it was cool but we just you know bro that's my week that's my bi-weekly paycheck right there <laughs> holy shit 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that was irregular. That, like, rarely happened. That will never happen. I mean, it will happen again, but... Yeah. But that's like, what I like to do, yeah. And that was, a, that was a day trade that we pulled right there, so... And you're not going to be a pattern day trader, right? Because there's always there's so much liability and uh, different sort of I don't think they're contracts, but you have to you have to sign paperwork saying that you're a pattern day trader. So you think you're ever going to go down that route or no? Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> I got so you got to have twenty five thousand dollars in your at least yeah in your portfolio a minimum of twenty five thousand dollars. So when I have that much in my portfolio, I'll probably sign up to be a day trader just because I mean. The only thing that pattern day trader like that title allows you to do is trade more than more than four times. Yeah, because it's for TD Ameritrade, it's three times. So, do you do any cryptocurrencies as well? Yeah, yeah, I do uh, Bitcoin. I have some money invested in Bitcoin, and I I look into. I just have a strong outlook for Bitcoin. I think it's the future. Yeah, dude. I think a lot. Dude, did you hear about? Did you hear about Elon's gonna mine? Elon's gonna mine for gold. Is gonna. Are you talking about the silver squeeze that they're trying to do right now? Um, like asteroids, like asteroids have gold, that kind of shit. Um, I've heard about this, like the asteroid thing. (laughs) You know, like shooting asteroid. I think that was fake. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent fake because you can't land on an asteroid. It's moving too fast, bro. Oh, I heard about it. Like even oh, if I can't, we can't feasibly land on there and actually mine out the the, the diamonds and gold out out of an asteroid. I'm a, I conversation between. Like... Um. So Keaton, you also have Bitcoin and Dogecoin, which pretty good outlook coming out there, right? Yeah. Or no? not? Yeah. Bad. Not it's bad. Just, it's just really volatile. Since it's not a centralized bank, it's always going to be volatile, but. Once we have like JP Schwab, uh, JP Morgan, and Charles Schwab's out there, they're buying into it right now. It's going to get less and less volatile. Um, yeah. Once you have the bigger, bigger businesses, the corporations throw into stocks like that, and I think that's that's why Bitcoin hit its all-time high not too long ago in like December, early January, is because all these banks decided to, and corporations were deciding to throw their money in it. It boosted yeah. up, which is nice they're, because like Bitcoin is definitely the most stable and most reliable thing you can throw your money right, into, right? Um, just because of how many large holdings there are in Bitcoin. Something like Dogecoin, you know, <laughs> you, just, you just get like some fifteen-year-old take out like his parents like twenty-two-year-old, yeah, and you're like, um, and you're like, shit, it's going down. Um, what's that other one? Ethereum. Ethereum is also one of the bigger ones that are more stable. I think it's a little bit more stable than Bitcoin, but it's still less heard about. Have you guys heard about that one yet or no? Yeah, actually, I was watching a uh, podcast with the like person who made Ethereum. Um, he's a wicked nerd. It's pretty sick. But hey, nerd yeah, it, seems like a, it seems very stable as yeah. well, like right up there with Bitcoin. I think they have a good future as well. Yeah, how do you how do you do yeah, this shit? Let's make a let's, <laughs> Honestly, let's, make, anyone, let's make a fucking coin. Anyone can make a coin. <laughs> Legitimately anyone with coding experience can make a coin and patent it. But because like right now there's over four thousand coins out there. Doesn't mean that you're actually gonna make money off of it. Like what? You bought Dogecoin at less than less than a less cent. Than a cent yeah. less, less than a cent. And now it's what three cents, eight cents? What is it? It, it reached it, eight it cents. Reached, like made cents. 
but now it's at three, yeah. But okay, so it's still wow, that's still a lot better than buying that ascent, you know? Yeah, I have a very positive outlook for cryptocurrencies in the future, not just because like it's pretty much like the internet's money. Um, but I mean, if if you look at like the internet, like when the if you look at like the history of the internet and the way it came out, um, people were you know it was like a slow and steady growth, and that had its spikes here and there with the internet coming out and everything. But people were like unsure of how the shit worked, if it was safe to use. They were like this was like ain't like alien technology when the internet first came out and it's kind of like getting the same response bitcoin's getting the same response as the internet had which is a great sign you know i think well, every, every denial of bitcoin is a great sign because that's what it needs i think bitcoin's kind of like the 2000s like dot com crash where everyone was buying so much money into dot coms and selling dot coms so i think it's volatile up until the point where, like, Google came along, Alphabet came along. So I think we we needed those companies like Charles Schwab's and J.P. Morgan out there to buy these for it to be less volatile. Because, like, it still goes up and down, what, like, 20, between 15 and 10 to 15 percent in a day because it's that volatile. Yeah, on some days, yeah, for sure. So how much of your portfolio is in cryptocurrencies like 10 percent. okay so you're still playing a kind of self safer route with that yeah i do want to throw in more it's just at the moment i only have 10 percent in it i think it's gonna have a great year this year so that's I, think I want to throw in more. Is, this is the year of growth for everything i think because like yeah. last year we were in a pandemic and shit just it stopped we literally stopped everything let's be honest guys it was it's hard to, like with you, Kyle, it's probably super hard to buy and sell houses. Yeah. And it's hard to find people wanting to improve their homes because they don't want that face-to-face interaction, yeah. you know? And also the yeah. money because people were getting laid off of work, having to get um, furloughed and shit. So people weren't having the money to get improvements on their home. They weren't having the money to buy but houses. I mean, that's why this, this, small businesses this, went to shit. The stimmies help. The stim, but... Lightly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like... And I, I feel like I don't know people. I don't know some people, like some people that I've been like working some people on their that I've been shit. working on their house like, and shit. They don't go to work. Like, they don't go and to work. Like I'm working on their house. And, like I'm working on. Their, and they're just like, like watching. What do you guys do? It's like you know what I mean. So like with me throughout this whole pandemic, I was lucky enough to hold my job because I work in healthcare. Yeah. And yeah, like I worked a shit ton more hours than I was supposed to because everyone was getting sick and stuff. But that's where I was kind of lucky. Where to have my normal nine to five job, but that's not where I want to be my whole life, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I, like I think all of us are in the same mindset of where we want to grow, 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 and continue to build that legacy, that legend of how we started from kind of the bottom and built an empire. Because, like, Kyle, you're how how long have you been in real estate? Only like four months. It's such an early way in your career, and you're you're still building your other businesses and stuff like that. Yeah, and you're still finding time for for uh, real estate. You're probably make how many calls do you make a day? Because uh, not many calls. I do most of my marketing online. So if anything, it's just texting. Oh damn. Yeah, I don't even make that many calls. So I'm not a big cold caller. 
that's what I was thinking. So that's what I know as real estate agents. Most of them are cold yep. callers. Yep. I'll I'll send letters. I'll do door hangers. Um, I'll do Facebook marketing, Google marketing, um, and then organic reach. Shit like that. That's pretty much how I talk to people. I'll either talk to them through social media, texting. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll call people here and there. If they want to call me, feel free to call me. But I'm not going to, like, reach out to random people. Yeah. And annoy the shit Dude. out of them. I'd rather just, like, think, send them a letter, leave them a door hanger, and have them That's decide. That's so funny because funny two real estate agents two real look estate agents. Agents. super spontaneous that's just how i work but i'll i'll sit at my desk from like like 7 30 in the morning to like uh, or like 7 38 in the morning till nine o'clock at night <laughs> so do you work out big yeah question. yeah okay okay do you make time for your lifts or are you more of a body weight type of person um i'll mostly do like body weight but i'll do like uh i'll lift with like I'll do curls and shit and curls for the girls. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> for the guys. So I'll just I'll just do some some random shit, but it's all at home, you know. And I'll only work out for twenty minutes a day just to stay, you know, lean in shape, get my mm-hmm. my cortisol up in the morning, and and that's pretty much it. So. so you're basically all about efficiency. You want in and out, get the most out of your work day as possible. Yeah. Yep. And uh, some days I don't find the time to work out. Some days I'll be like too busy. Or I'll, I, like I love working. So like when I say like I work like seven thirty eight in the morning till nine o'clock at night, like I'm not like wanting, yeah. to, die, wanting to die over here. <laughs> I like yeah. what I do. So it's cool. It's cool to me. Like, it's like I have nothing better else to do. I mean, that sounds like pretty bad, but like this is what I want to do. So. Yeah. So like my my work day starts at 5 a.m where I have to wake up and work out because that's the only time I have time. And then I'll have my normal work shift. And then for the next like eight hours a day, I'm like trying to find content, build content, edit content. So like, I understand you're, you're, you want to put in the most work possible throughout the day. And some days, some days I'll be like, I'll stop at like seven, seven, eight o'clock, maybe even earlier, just so I can like have that, have, you know, Downtime. Two hours. Have like several hours before, just so I can like chill, you know. And that that's like necessary thing to do. Like I do that at least like once or twice a week, maybe. I gotta like home for me. I gotta, I gotta like maybe like eight nine, you know, whenever or you know, I gotta like stop what I'm doing, doing, and be I have, like, a, I have a life too. You know, what I mean? kind of just like yeah. chill out. Yeah, I think everybody has that point where they're just like, if you're if you're working like vigorously for a long period of time, where you're like, damn, like. It's that burnout out vibe and like, and I hate the I hate the you deserve a break attitude. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't believe in that. I think I like like fuck instant gratification. Fuck instant gratification. Like keep grinding. That's how I feel at least. I I agree. So I th- I don't think you know everything deserves a goddamn pat on the back, and that's how everybody takes it out nowadays. Uh, 
Everybody's so soft. Hey. All these snowflakes hey. out there. Hey y'all, y'all be grinding. Hey y'all, y'all be grinding. I'm gonna go on vacation. I'm, I'm gonna go on month. vacation so in a good. month. So it's all good. I haven't gone on vacation <laughs> in over a year, bro. In over I mean, a year. Vacations are, vacations are cool. Like I would go on a vacation. I don't feel like I deserve a vacation at this point in time. You know. I don't think I've done yeah. enough. Just not grinding hard enough. Just not... You know me, slacker. Nah, you grinding. I see you. <laughs> I see you, baby. Um. So, Kyle, what sort of platforms do you use to grow your your marketing? I don't know. Marketing. Yeah, my marketing. Yeah, like what 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 platforms do you use the most, and how did you like develop a way to get more people involved and getting that interactions? Like, how? Like, yeah. So it's a little bit of everything. I got into it um, with Facebook advertisements, um, and I was running e-commerce websites. And marketing through Facebook, sending them to my Shopify. And uh, I was selling women's clothing. Um, and then I was selling home goods at one point. And, uh, and that, that, that went all right. Um, it was more of a learning experience than anything, which is cool with me. It gave me way more value of mentally than it did with money. Um, but that's how I learned how to do that, um, Facebook marketing. And then... That kind of opened up my passion for for marketing because I had a clothing brand before I was running e-commerce and mm-hmm. I wasn't really I was just doing organic reach with that, which is pretty much just like, you know, reaching out to people, not paying for anything, um, and just posting on your social media, posting good content, shit like that. So like that's organic reach, and I think with marketing you kind of need to hit hit all points, hit all sectors. You know, you need to do your organic reach consecutive you know consistent consistent posting of of content high quality content i think i actually think that the quality doesn't matter too much as long as you're consistent that's what i think like it can't be shit consistency beats not quality all the time but if you have more and more content out there for, for me i feel like i'm more of a content creator if you have more and more content out there then more and more people are going to see you know and um so i think you definitely organic reach is definitely important um, and then you have your, your paid advertising and with paid advertising, I do Facebook, um, advertisements where, I mean, with real estate now where I'm doing my marketing, I do the fair housing regulations. Um, I can't target demographically like based on gender, age, any of that. Um, and I can't target based on finances, you know, if I could, and it wasn't against fair housing, then I could, you know, target people based, you know, from like. I could only, you know, target people who are who made a hundred thousand plus a year, you know. But that's just not fair. That's not right. That's against fair housing regulations. So, with other advertisements, I could do that if I was, you know, selling a product or selling a selling a service other than real estate where it didn't have regulations. I could target people who have more money. I could target different genders. I could target age, you know. But um, so it made it a little bit more challenging with real estate. But it's it's cool to me still. And then um. I also work with sales funnels. So I'll make mm-hmm. funnels, I'll make landing pages. And it's about nurturing when you're selling a product or you're selling a service, it's all about nurturing your client, your your consumer. And that's nurturing the relationship. You know, giving and the most important thing with anything, whether it's organic reach, paid paid advertising, just your service as a in your brand as a whole, you need to give value to people. They people see through don't, bullshit. They see through bullshit. People don't uh yeah, yeah, for sure. But they just don't 
give yeah. a shit if you're not giving them value like and as as much as we want to call people like you know like lazy or whatever like they're not gonna i mean some people will waste their time completely on like shit online but if you're selling a service or selling a, a product they're not gonna you know take their time of day or their money to give it to you if yeah. you're not giving them any type of value so whether that's emotionally or physically or whatever it is you need to give them you need to give them value that goes with your content your product your service your brand i had this saying it was uh you could walk into oh yeah this was it you could walk into it and it's the value thing all comes down to survival like everybody like that's this is our human nature to to look and that's like what marketing is is like learning psychology of people is a huge thing it's all about like giving people value mm-hmm. so they can survive like whether that you know like i said emotionally physically whatever it is and that's just their human nature um you give them value to survive and they're gonna take it and run with it you could walk into a ballroom you know be in there for five minutes and eye down every single exit in the room and you'd know every single exit in the room because you're always looking for value to survive but you know you walk into that room for five minutes you're never going to count how many chairs are in that room you can't just put you can't just put random shit in front of people's face and expect them to take it in and yeah. you know run with it you know like they're looking for things to survive value so don't don't give them the chairs don't put the chairs in front of their face put the exits in front of their face they want a way out of things yeah. people love a story that was good for since you're big into marketing if you could give a small page of advice any advice to build their brand or a person building their brand, what would be that one piece of advice? Keep on posting consistently. That's post, post content, um, post it consistently and your page will grow. I mean, try to get the help from your, the people around you and the support from people around you. If you can get that, you can keep on growing. I mean, people are going to notice your content at some point. A lot of people, which I I have this problem all the time. Like I'm, I'm completely guilty of it. I'll like, especially when I was younger, I used to go into projects all the time and hold them for like three weeks to like five months at max. Mm-hmm. And that was like a reach for me. And then I just drop it, but it's a longer, longer. So basically focus on long-term instead of the short-term at this moment. Yeah. And you, there's going to be so many points in your, in your life where if you're ever trying to run a business or make a brand, you're going to feel like there's literally no point left in in supplying this, you know, brand with your money or your work or your time and energy, but you just got to keep going. I mean, for it at one point or another. It's all basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What was the quote I saw the other day? It was like, um, whatever, whatever is built fast won't last. And whatever is built with time will last or some bullshit like that. But it was fast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's like, if you build a, it, I look at it, it's like, if you build a house, it's like building a house out of straw. You can build that shit. Actually, you couldn't build that shit fast, but. You could, <laughs> you could build it. Hastily, it would be hard to build compared to building it out of brick, which is going to be a pain in the ass. Brick by brick, but about, it's going to last longer. It's all about that it's foundation, be a better too. You can't just go in with a wobbly foundation or yeah. like the metaphor of a broken tire. If you have a shitty tire. You're not going to get anywhere. And I think the most important thing for people to do ever, like I do this with my life. I do this with my business. I do this with anything I ever do. I start with the end and I, I write a lot of shit down. So I'll write 
you know, any plan, goal, anything I'm doing. So I'll you reverse plan. Like, what do I want? This yeah, to I be? love that. And I don't think anyone should do it different because I think that's the way you should go about it with everything because that makes it so much easier to keep going because, you know, you just kind of create that mental hardware, that mental path, achieve something, and it's harder to let go. Like, you can't just, like, aimlessly, you know, shoot yeah. with, so with like, a blindfold on, you know? I think that's what it's like if you don't start so with the end. So that's how the military actually plans every sort of operation. They always start with the end, and they work their way, way backwards. And they're not all about complexity. It's all about simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. I think that's yeah. people get too caught up in trying to build the most complex process possible to get from point A to point B. Everybody's trying to go reinvent it. the wheel. It works. Just let it roll, baby. People. Thank you for joining in on the Get Through <laughs> Podcast. And thank you to Kyle. Kyle Chaffee. Find him on Instagram at what? What, Kyle? What's your Instagram? At Kyle Chaffee. Go Kyle find Chaffee. him. Go, thank uh, you to my lovely uh, co-host, uh, Keaton Nichols. I'll talk to you later, I guess. And thank you from the bottom of my heart oh, yeah, for listening was. to my podcast. Find me at Andy51999 on all platforms. Let's get through it together, guys. And thank you. <laughs>